los ojos. Open your eyes. Well, that's what happens when you have me recording at He's midnight. literally in two places at once. Oh, that reminds me of, of uh, oh, what's that movie that, that Walk to Remember? Well, Walk to Remember. Oh, I love that movie. We should have done that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Brandon. I really, oh. I really tried hard, so hard with this movie. Oh, are you fucking kidding well, let's me? let's start. I, I am you ready. Don't to you don't know yet, though. You don't know yet. I'm on, the fence. Gentlemen, I'm on the gentlemen, fence. Gentlemen, gentlemen. Okay, I'm on I'll the fence. It. Eddie, jump, just jump over right into the barbed wire. It's okay. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Season 4 of Three and a Half Gentlemen, the podcast, where three of the four hosts provide a refined and intellectual analysis of movies from our private collections, and one of us tries desperately to keep up. We'll let you decide which host is which, but for now, my name is Sean, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Jeremiah. Open your eyes, yo. Eddie. I'll tell you another life when we are both cats. I knew you'd go with that one. And Brandon. The sweet is never as sweet without the sour. Boom. Jason Lee was cool. Of course you had a quote for this movie. I had that one, yeah. Jason Lee was cool. Oh my god, he was. Yeah, Jason Lee was cool. What happened to that guy? He became Earl. Jason Lee has always been cool and continues to be cool. And That's cool. Yeah. He is. Yeah. I just lost him in the ch- in, in the Alvin and the Chipmunks yeah, that movie. and then he's Earl. Which one? One, two, three, four, five, oh, or man. six? <laughs> There's six of them. There's six. Of working on seven, eight, two. It's like James Marsden. He all he does now is is animated films like Sonic. You I watch your James mouth. Marsden. James Marsden is. A oh my god! Have you treasure. seen Dead to Me? All right. So can I? No, you can't. Yes. Ed. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh my go god. ahead. Dead to Me is amazing. Dead, Dead to Me is amazing. I agree. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's see how train wreck this is, what Brandon wrote here. Uh, with season four, we were picking movies that we just want to talk about. That said, after choosing the movies for the season, we have grouped them into specific categories, including inferential directors, messed up love stories, blockbusters, and beyond. Additionally, throughout the season, we will be including some new releases in theaters and streaming, as well as a TV series or two. As with every review we give, our goal is to answer one simple question. How many drinks does it take to get through the film we've just watched? Mm. Now, at the end of the podcast, we'll rate the movie based on a scale of zero to five. Zero being the perfect film that you could watch Stone Cold Sober, and five being the sort of film that makes you want to get into someone's car, <laughs> only to have them or her drive that car off a bridge, shattering your face in the process, and then you being frozen the- for 150 years. And beyond. And with that, what uh, oh, uh, movie are we going to call it? <laughs> Uh, do we have Dancing Under the Stars toward us no, that tonight? That was actually not for this movie. That I, was, think that, I think that was from, from La La, La Land. Land. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, tonight we have my pick, uh, as you can tell. And that is the underrated, I think, 2001 mindfuck of a movie, Vanilla Sky. As director Cameron Crowe describes it, Vanilla Sky is about David Ames, who, quote, appears to lead a charmed life. Handsome, wealthy, and charismatic, the young New York publishing executive's free-willing existence is enchanting. Yet he seems to be missing something. In one night, David meets a girl of his dreams and loses her by making a small mistake, which I don't think it's that small of a mistake. It's a fucking big mistake. Thrust unexpectedly onto a roller coaster ride of romance, comedy, don't see that. Suspicion, love, sex, and dreams. David finds himself on a mind-bending search for his soul and discovers the precious ephemeral nature of true love. That's what he said it was. 
So we can talk about that later. This movie stars Tom Cruise, Penelope Cruz, Cameron Diaz, Kurt Russell, and the one and only Jason Lee. Vanilla Sky has an IMDb rating of 6.9 out of 10. Has a critic score of 43% Holy and an shit, audience score of 72% really on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think makes it officially the lowest rated movie that we've ever reviewed. Like I said, it's underrated. Hmm. I mean, Brandon, to your point, to your point, this has actually become a cult film yes. now recently. I can see it. However. Oh, God, there's a however. Uh, however. As with so. every, every as, as with every movie we review, we try and pair a selection with a, a cocktail that we feel reflects the film. So, Ed, why don't you take us through the cocktail that we will be enjoying this evening to numb away the terribleness <laughs> of this movie? It's a great movie. This one, guys, oh tonight, guys, if you're listening to this, you definitely have to make this drink before you uh, – be- This is yummy. You make this one make, – go ahead and make like four or three before you watch this movie. Um, just put it chilled in the light. <laughs> You know, maybe yeah. five. So tonight, guys, <laughs> we're drinking not. the Vanilla Sky Vodka Cocktail. For this drink, you'll need three ounces of vanilla vodka, three ounces of, of orange mm. curacao, uh, one and a half ounce of almond syrup, one and a half ounce of lime juice, and a half cup of pineapple juice. Pour this into a shaker of ice, shake it up, pour it out, and let your mind wander freely. Yes. And just freely, freely. And, and Sean, I just want you to remember that uh, just get I weird did not right vote. Now. Have a drink. Yeah, I didn't vote your movie as a five. I, I wanted you to know that I was I was open to what other people said. I would pick a movie that didn't want to make yeah. me vomit all over the Let me just say this before we start. Stuff. Wait, wait, wait. So, I want to say this before we start. That this is – Tom Cruise has said that this is the movie that he's most proud of making. So I'm just throwing that out there. This, this one. one. He should substitute that for Far and Away. Tom Cruise. Minority right so, uh, Let's I'll give you that. He is he Tom Cruise was thirty eight or thirty nine when he recorded this. I saw two thousand one, top of his game. So, 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 I want to start off with 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 what I uh, what I kind of went into this movie. I had a negative, um, uh, I don't know, a negative thought process going into the movie. Slightly, I did not care for the tone. I have seen bits and pieces of it. I remember some elements of it, and I just I remember I didn't quite didn't quite like what I saw. I scared. And so I, I will admit that I did go in with some, some negative mm-hmm. aspect. Um, and, and I do want to praise the movie here because I think, and this is very difficult for me to say because Penelope Cruz is not my favorite actress um, ever. Uh, but I thought her relationship and her charisma with Tom Cruise, their back and forth banter was absolutely fantastic i thought that they they really hit it off and i was so looking forward to this i thought it was going to be this like spiral because he stole his friend's girl and then the board was after him kind of like the game michael douglas and sean penn that's kind of where i thought it was going and uh so i i will praise uh penelope cruz's performance and, and tom cruz's performance when she goes you know let's get some jackson cokes and it, i mean she's just so damn cute and I, I thought that was just a a really good tone to set at the beginning yeah. of the film. so listen uh one of the reasons that i picked this movie is to me this is one of the most devastating movies ever I, I i get the feels hardcore for this one and i love movies that make me feel whether it's makes me feel like laughing and it just hits me or uh as i like to watch i like the ones that, that just destroy you a little bit and make you feel sad to me this is probably if i'm gonna rate the you know top saddest movies i think this has got to be there because this is all about missing out on the thing that you want the most because of some stupid mistake that you make and 
all you want to do is just take back that mistake and you can't. And I think that that, that, that is so hard to watch, but at the same time, it's that cathartic quality about this film that really kind of gets me. That's, that's, that's what you got. got that's oh, what you God, got that's from a that good point. That's a good take. The whole that's ending, take, that whole Jeremiah. ending is just that. Well, I, I like the ending. I do like the ending. I'll tell you this much, Brandon. The ending saved this film, and I mean that in a very nice way. Like it, I love the fucking ending mm-hmm, of yes. this film. But I was wondering, like, what would Brandon pick for a love story movie? And then I was looking at it, and then the summary of this movie is this. A guy who's been frozen for 150 years, and the person who's been dead during that time is the love story that Brandon wants yes, to see. Is. And I totally get it where you got, where you're coming from. It's fucking dark. It. I thought this was more of a comedy when I remember mm-hmm. first seeing it. It's not no. that. And when I saw the, this movie again, right off the bat, I'm like, oh, there is more messages here than I didn't even remember when I was, saw this like mm-hmm. years and years ago. You can already tell that it feels weird, kind of haunting in a way, like dream steak, you know, especially when you have Radiohead, mm-hmm. you know, everything in its right place, that song coming around. It's very like question reality, like pretty much tells you what's happening yep. with the story. See, Jeremiah, in a lot it. of ways. See, and I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ed, go ahead. Uh, I was going to go with uh, Sean. What you said earlier about I was going into this a little bit already negatively because I remember watching this. I was a little bit frightened. At this was was 2001. I was frightened about the face. I remember just like moments. I don't know why. Like I just remember like oh shit. Like I'm not ready to. I remember it gave me little nightmares at the time. So going into this, I thought it was going to be worse than it was. And then after I saw, uh, you know, that whole point, I was fine. But I, I agree with Jeremy. There's so many. I, I, I just didn't catch at the time. I mean, maybe I was so young. I, I watched this two times prior to this time. Mm-hmm. And I just don't remember all the points that it, it hits. And I mean, from the very beginning with Penelope Cruz, wake up wake up right and this is like it was just like this little all there's all these little themes of the sounds of the background of times is it a dream at the time is it not a dream when when is it when when are you reality when is it not reality it was it was a mind fuck from the very beginning of the fucking movie no wait wait eddie i'm gonna piggyback on that i'll tell you which much like it really goes over your head when you watch this the opening sequence right you hear someone saying Open, open your eyes. eyes. That's what I, I said. Wake up. Yeah. That, open your eyes. Yeah. Open that's, your eyes. Yeah. But the thing is, that's Sophia's voice, yes, it right? Is Sophia's voice. So she's saying that to Tom Cruise. So right there and then, you know for a fact that there's something's weird because she hasn't met. He hasn't met Tom Cruise as of yet. So you have a feeling like something's not fucking like. Why me not here? A dream. As like he part of the dream. The fucking dream. Yeah. It's weird. See, and I guess this is my issue with the movie. Is it's so disjointed mm-hmm. and it's so. Uh, it's so hard to follow. You, I spent my time trying to figure out what the fuck was yeah. going on, and I couldn't enjoy the scenes. Uh, you know, first of all, Kirsten Dunst, or not Kirsten Dunst, Cam- uh, is Cameron it Kirsten Diaz. Dunst? Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. I cannot stand Cameron Agreed. Diaz. She is a terrible actress, Aww. and every time I see her, True. except for in the holiday, she's terrible. I mean, she kind of played the crazy she good, did crazy, like the crazy part <laughs> of it. But uh, I mean, I'm just gonna take you through my thought process. Okay, mm-hmm. so it starts off. Basically, he has this crazy dream where he's alone in New York City. Then he wakes up in bed with her. It was not clear whether she was in bed with him when he actually woke up. I did not get that. Yeah. It's almost like he remade the bed and then she was there. You're and it, it. I'm like, okay, so she is she a figment of – no, because this is, this is so stupid because basically she is the mistake <laughs> that ruined a good love story that was really a nice love story, and they fucked it up by – 
Well, anyway, okay. So you've got Kirsten Dunst who essentially Diaz. either wakes up Cameron or Diaz. doesn't wake Diaz. up. Cameron Sorry. Diaz. Cameron Diaz, which either wakes – excuse me, Kirsten Dunst. I really do like you. <laughs> either wakes up in her bed or not. And then she's like this crazy clingy but not so crazy clingy person who wants to be with him and have sex with him but not necessarily be seen by the party, which makes me wonder whether she's – even in existence or in his mind, or is this whole thing a glitch of the fact that he's been frozen and, you know, living this dream world? Is she the glitch? Did she even exist uh, in the first place? Was this all God about damn, just Sean, the story you were making this movie Sophia? so much better? And then, no, no, because then you look at the relationship between him and Sophia, it was fucking banal. It was, it, you had no significant moment that was this catastrophic mistake that he made that ended the love of oh, his life. No, no. Well, tell no, me, there, tell no, me no, this no, catastrophic no, what, The problem. catastrophic problem was the fact that he was so vain. No, no, which he was one? So vain. Okay, jumping in the car and getting, you know, giving into her when he said he was going to turn his life around as soon as he leaves Sophia's thing. He gets in her car and gives in. So pause, pause, pause. No, no, but you got to pause because I want to, I want to examine that first. So you're telling me that the mistake that he made was getting in a person who may or may not exist car in a glitch of a, no, of no, that's a memory glitch. that may or may no, not that. have happened. No, no, because because that's what it is a glitch because you don't know that. But you for don't a not fact. know that you don't for a know fact. whether Cameron Diaz's character. Excuse me. That I get that right. Right. So that there is no catastrophic cornerstone but of the story. Is. It is just ethos. It's no, just no, 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 no. I think that you are missing. So here, here's what I want to say. And no, this is this is probably isn't yes. fair for me to say this, but this is a movie that you have to see more than once. And I know that you're not going to see it more than once. And that's Agreed. fine that you have to see it more than once in order to catch the timeline. You're right. It's throwing into question perception. You're right. It's throwing into question what's reality, what's dream. In my opinion. That's just my opinion. Everything up until the bar scene is, in fact, real. Now, they make it kind of uh, – Cameron Crowe does a brilliant job in, I think, making the, the beginning of the movie in this totally weird, different vibe. Up right? until the bar where, scene? Up, until, up the, until the bar scene where he where he passes out in the street, the club. So here's yeah. – here, On the street. So, so, so the so car so crash street. actually happened. Yeah, and, yeah, the car yeah. crash happened, yeah. So here's to me – and again, this is just to me, and I'd love to hear you guys disagree or agree – is that the, the movie is about – or his, his fall, his fall from grace is about his vanity, that he put so much stock in the way that he looked and the way that he acted to others, right? He had to be the playboy. And the fact that that was taken away from him, he became a different person, one that Sophia would have – embraced if he had just been himself though like he was when he came over to her apartment and they had spent the, the evening together falling in love but when he got to that that club and he started acting all weird in that mask and he was trying to to cover up who he actually was it, it that was what the 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 tragedy is is that he stopped being the person he was and that turned him or that turned Sophia that turned uh, Jason Lee's character that turned everybody off of him. And at that point he realized that's why he chose that moment to go back to is because he wanted to fix his vanity issue. But there's also a lot of theories into this movie. I was reading about this cause I was trying to figure out like, okay, what happened here? Yeah. And some theories are like this. A couple of theories were one, he commits suicide and he's frozen. And he splice incurs when the bar scene and then David awakens to the feature or there's another thing where uh, everything up to the car part was real mm -hmm. and the rest of the film was he was in a coma until he wakes mm -hmm. up. Right. Or there's another theory that his friend Jason Lee, his character fiction story 
about his friend David. It's his story that he's written up and everything like that. So there's mm-hmm. all these different type of theories. Yeah. So when you watch this movie over again, you see something different. You know, yeah. the problem I think where 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 Sean is, and I want to put words in Sean is that during the time it just got really confusing. Yeah. I mean, you're just like, okay, what is happening yeah, the Kurt here? Russell because character you have one thing that's happening here, adds, then you have yeah. another thing that's happening here. Do you see? Do you see Kurt Russell before the car accident? No. You hear his voice in the first yeah, moments you of the movie because I really I like I like his voice. You don't see him, but hold on, I, Kurt Russell was not a problem in the movie for me. For me, the problem in the movie was that it it, and I hate to bring Quentin Tarantino into this because I think Quentin Tarantino suffers from this in movies that aren't brilliant. Is that he puts his form over the substance, and this is what I believe they did here. Is that Cameron Crowe wanted to make this disjointed, questioning movie, and he forgot that he was telling a story. And the story was shitty. The story is basically, oh, I'm too pretty uh, to deal with my disformity. And so that was caused by an accident that may or may not have happened in a by a character that may or may not exist. And that's going to be the cornerstone of why I stopped seeing the love of no, my life. Why he stopped who really the love wasn't love of my his, life was my best friend's love of my that's life. That's why his, the love of his life gave up on him. Why would you say that she gave up because on she him? Did. She did. And throughout that entire the, story, the throughout the entire story, it, it all happened. The club scene. No, and, I, and throughout the club. Okay. I understand that the club scene, she may or she may not away. have turned his back, but she ran away because he was being crazy. But that doesn't mean that she would have – I mean the characteristics of Sophia are that she would have always come back, that she would have always shown compassion over not. So what what is to say – this is the problem I have is that you the, the supposition at the end of the movie with, with – what's his name? Where they're yeah. on the roof and you kind of have this uh, – you have this like, oh, by the way, I'm going to lift the curtain and here's what happened. This – if that's what if that's what we're going to take as truth, okay. then the characteristics of Sophia changed halfway through the movie. She was kind, compassionate, mm-hmm. wonderful. She had a momentary lapse of judgment, and then she basically never saw him again. No, that's no, no. Against okay, so, so okay, so Sean, I'm I'm just going to throw this. They out only there, met each other know, twice. Yeah, I'm going to throw this out there, and I know this is uh, it seems like a smack across your face, but it's not. I know that Sean, you love movies. Okay, yeah, here it is. You love movies that that tie it up nicely with a bow. Right. And you don't like movies that force you to uh, either be cliffhanging where you don't know what's going on. This this vague, ambiguous ending. You hate those. Right. That is not, that well, is you, not true. You, well, you don't like them as much if, as the ones that are if you're going to be ambiguous. Okay, do but it here's correctly. The thing. OK, so to answer your question, Sean, and then uh, Eddie, you can definitely support me on this one, is that thank he you, thank you, thank you. after his uh, his club, this shit thing, he locks himself away. Okay, we see this. We find this all out at the end. He locks himself away that he has pushed her away. And then he decides to do this cryogenic freeze where he kills himself. Like literally he kills himself not that long after that club scene. So you're right. He doesn't see her, but it's not because of her. It's because he has said, fuck it. I'd rather live in this dream state than in the real world, which is which is ironic because by the end of the movie, he's realized that he'd rather take the real world and all of its shit as compared to this, this dream world where he's not really getting any true fulfillment. Ed. I like that. So um, he's very vain, right? Is that a good word that you say yeah. in the very beginning? Yeah. He's like very, in, you know, he's, he's into himself. So yeah. doesn't even know the songs yeah. about him. So I was going to say prior to um, 
he's so into himself. I would say he's already dealing with uh, mental issues. I feel like in the very beginning of the movie, I, I get this feeling that he's already dealing. He doesn't like that himself that he's with Cameron Diaz and he's playing her. You know, he's he's with her as a as a as a hookup buddy. He says that to Jason Lee a little bit, like, "Hey, she, she was just friends. We're just friends." And and Jason Lee's just like, "That's the war in my my dreams." Like, they already he's already made this, but he doesn't like that he's with her. He's only a, as a hookup. And as soon as he sees Penelope Cruz, he's like, "That's the girl I like." So. I, I get the feeling he's battling already internally with certain feelings of trying to change. So I want to say this car scene, that party scene of his birthday is a very is very close to each other, right? From from waking up, he spent the night at her house. He woke up, Cameron Diaz followed him, and instantly he was already to make a new change. Say, I want to be with you, Penelope, and he hopped in the the car with Cameron Diaz as a bad judgment. And that's a very a quote that kept I, I think. Uh, Sophia said every passing minute is another chance to turn it around. Like yeah. there was that la- little judgment, that little lapse of judgment that it fucked up his life because he mm-hmm. went with Cameron Diaz. He could have turned the right away and just stayed in the car and drove away. And, and he but he didn't. He decided to go that. with Cameron. Exactly. His guilt over that. Yes. So, yeah. but he decided to do this change, you know, acquire, uh, I don't know, he, this fruit freeze change, but it didn't work because his mind was still dealing with, I don't know, like it, he was dealing with shit. So when he froze, his mind took over the bad dream. It made it into a bad dream. Right. Yeah. So I was going to say, Sophia, so, you're saying Sophia, it's only, she only has met him one time besides, and then the bar scene was two times. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying that like she doesn't know Tom Cruise that well. She 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 liked them and she was yeah. hoping. But the next time she saw Tom Cruise after trots, he's acting all fucking crazy. So I mean, like think about that. Like she doesn't really know him. Is, does he like the idea of him? Is that, is that what it is? is that, no. So here's here's is it, is it more the idea of her is what he's thinking that well, he here, wants? I don't think it's about he her at all. Ugly. I think it's about his person. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. I don't think it's about, it's about her at all. I think that Sophia. The reason Sophia is the same person essentially, uh, Penelope Cruz and and Cameron mm-hmm. Diaz. That's in his head. Is because uh, toward the end of the movie is because he's supplanting one with the other because it doesn't really matter who the woman is. He is realizing that his vanity was the source of his problem now i want to go back to uh what i what one of the many many things i love and i do love this this movie i, I don't worry it's not a zero but um one of the things i love about this movie is that that his love for sophia his falling in love with sophia had absolutely nothing to do i don't say absolutely nothing had very little to do with with her physical appearance which is completely flies in the face of of everything that he has been right. He doesn't sleep with her on that night that they, they, he spends the whole night with her. He falls in love with her because he falls in love with her, who she is and the possibilities that she allows for the world to, to be for him. To me, it, it is such a beautiful and, and Shana, you said it yourself, right? It's a beautiful possible love story that doesn't come to fruition and it doesn't come to fruition because of his lapse of judgment, because of his fuck up, because of his mistake. And he goes through li- almost literally eternity regretting that. Mm-hmm. I guess I just don't see it. I, I guess I don't see this big fuck up. Like I, I guess I see a, a hope and a chance and fate of him getting into that car. There's no, like there's no, there's no decision that he anguished over that he made the wrong decision. This wasn't Sophie's choice. He got on a fucking car. But it was right after he said that he was going to change. But what, that's the big thing. Mm-hmm. But what I'm and he lost he I'm lost Sophia is, because of it. Yeah, 
I, I get all of that. So it's what I'm saying guilt. is it's not it's not a choice. It's a moment in time. It's a moment that could have gone either way that really had nothing to do with a change in the character. And this is where I was so shocked that Brandon loves this movie is because the characters, to me, don't evolve. He doesn't really evolve. He wants to throw himself right back into the misery of life only because they can fix his face. And I really believe that it's only after the guy tells him they can fix his face that he wants to go back into reality. So he hasn't changed. He's just the same vain asshole that he's always been. And if he really wanted to, if he really wanted Penelope Cruz, if he really wanted, if he really wanted Penelope Cruz, he would stay in that dream world and be with her forever. But his mind is really up. wanted her. His mind is fucked up. And yeah. he's still dealing with Julie Giuliani with that whole decision. Like, that yeah. Kurt Russell's character played a big part with like psychoanalyzing his like what's what you're dealing with in mind like you you can't get over Julie Giuliani of how you played her that's why yeah. you you wanted to put her away because she he actually she committed yeah, suicide in real life yeah. in real life that's in his head Jeremy Jer- I don't Jeremy, see I that. Jeremy I don't see that so, I don't see that part but what, what I what I will say is if 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 uh what's his name Kurt Russell uh, as a therapist has spent more time figuring out why his parents did not why his father didn't respect him and 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 Tom Cruise had this everlasting feeling of never earning anything in his life that would have been a much more interesting movie to me because I think that was the course the source of his vanity it was this false vanity that he placed on himself because he Russell grew is up an with extension a of his mind and his parents he's not a real therapist no i understand that but but kurt russell could have seen the other side he but, could have he could have explored a but, dichotomy but cruise's character didn't, didn't understand that and so therefore kurt russell because couldn't understand be, exactly because tom cruise's character did not ch- jeremiah there's also a theory that you know um there's a lot of like biblical reference to this story regarding to david and him selling his soul before he dies where you know the dream like is telling him to stay we're here you get to actually be with uh, sophia everything this dream here is yours and then he chose to go away from that actually and not sell his soul at the end of it so especially if you watch it over again um tilda what's her name tilda swinton swinton yeah tilda swinton She's actually supposed to be the devil in the story. So there's a lot of kind of reference to it. I believe this movie was a remake of a Spanish film that came out in 97. It is. Is It's almost almost, dialogue for dialogue, basically. So Penelope Cruz was also in this movie, right? It's so interesting, man. It's not one of my favorite Tom Cruise's movie, but I'll tell you this much. Tom Cruise is like one of the greatest action heroes of all time, but it's hard trying to watch him play i don't think he's ever been drunk before like yeah, he's seriously the, it's the tough thing to watch when he's trying to act so drunk dude it's the weirdest fucking thing man i don't mean and to make a joke really out of good it at the beginning of the movie when i was watching like, him yeah i was just like it was just a pantheon of b-list <laughs> actors trying to like throw lines together it was terrible and that stupid smile oh god what do you what do you think the whole masking is about man do you feel like the masking is something like you know uh hiding behind your true self oh, you. in a way yeah, is this. that what the mass represents this is why i picked I, this damn I movie sean fully think. i i mean brandon honestly i almost i almost had turned it off i didn't want to watch it for another 15 minutes i was an hour from being done i literally almost turned it off that's how that's how bad it was two hours of my life i will never wow. get back Brandon, but I'll tell you this much. I'll tell you this much, man. This was the, my first introduction to Seagull Rose, Sorry. and as well as got into Radiohead. And what's really cool about this, and I was telling you this, is that 
I fucking love that band all my life. And actually, Hannah got me a surprise birthday of last year. Tickets go see Cigarros. And I kid you not. Badass band. It was like the Catalina wine mixer moment. It was fucking Have you guys amazing. ever listened to them? But I have not. You guys no. need to listen to their, their stuff. You've seen every. You've seen so many movies with their yeah. music behind yeah. me, like uh, different films. But I never knew how much this movie had an impact with me with music, yeah. especially with Radiohead and well, Cigarros. It's Cameron Crowe and his ability to put music. Cameron Crowe knows how to pick music in his hey, films. Cameron Crowe, you know, one good thing about Cameron Crowe is he, he really does know how to pick a score, a soundtrack. And for me, Beach Boys. Um, but one of the things that I was blown away with too. One of the things I was blown away with was uh, how 90s it felt, <laughs> like how legitimately stuck in like the ni- like the flip phones. You mean the Y2K the, moment? Yeah, it, it felt just, Y2K. It just felt like it felt like it was a time capsule that I opened and I was like, oh, put it back on the shelf. It's not been long enough. <laughs> so I have a question. It does have that it vibe does. to so it. So when he ends his life at the very end, is he waking up from the the frozen life, like coma, yeah. or, or is he actually? From his coma, from or being depends or is on who he you starting believe. over again in the the lucid dream. No, I think that he's waking up. I think because we hear the nurse's voice, or what we can assume to be the nurse or the life extension nurse person, um, telling him to open his eyes. He's he's finally getting a chance to live in the real world, which is 150 years later. So I mean, in a lot of ways, it's Rip Van Winkle. So Penelope's already dead. Oh yeah, she's been yeah, dead. Penelope's already dead, right? Sophia's already oh, yeah. yeah, 20 years. So we're currently in the year 2151. Yes. Is that correct? That is right. <laughs> this is yeah. based on the movie where it starts. But so let me ask you something. So does that mean that is Penelope at the end of this movie? Is she oh, there? Because it's her voice. Well, no, it's a different voice. So was this all just a dream? It's actually a prequel. A it's actually a prequel to War of the Worlds. He wakes <laughs> up, and then all of a sudden, he finds out that the Earth ah. <laughs> so this. I'm going to say this is why he chose the 150 to go, you know, frozen. Because in in his mind, he thought, okay, I could have Sophia in my mind, and I could have a, a my face trippy fits. I should have it all. You know, this guy is a playboy millionaire, and he he. This is the first time he can't have what he wants. Billionaire. billionaire. So of course he's. You know he's 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 hitting rock bottom, yeah. Right, and even in his fucking fate dream, it tears up, yeah. Right, he can't, he, it doesn't hold, can't hold it down. So does he? So does he change? Is my question. Does he change? I think that you can look at it from the beginning. Of the you movie can say that yeah, he remains to the end of the movie. guy because he wakes up. Does so he Sean, change? You're gonna say no because he retain he retains that vanity because he only wakes up because he can get his face fixed. Except I don't think that's the case. I I see where you're coming from. I really do. But for me, and this is just my reading, is that he has realized that uh, kind of going back to that that stupid line that I said at the beginning that, that Jason Lee's character says, right? Um, the sweet is never as sweet without the sour. He's realized what loving and losing love is like. And he realizes that he does. He wants to try something that's real, something that isn't imaginary, something that isn't um, plastic. I mean, if we're going to call it like that, that he wants to try his best. Right. And and by doing that, he's actually fulfilling the promise that he made to Sophia at her apartment, which is to try to be himself, try to be who he is supposed to be. And I think that that's a be- beautiful way to look at the end of the movie, that he is waking up from his vain self into this world. And, yeah, he's going to get his face fixed. Of course he is. Of course he is. But it doesn't mean that 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 makes him still vain. It means that he has a chance to become the person he was always meant to be. Jeremiah. Because now he knows the sour, which allows him to appreciate exactly. the sweet. Is yes. that what you pretty much saying? 
Yeah. Yeah. So Eddie, Eddie, you're asking about the mask and what the symbolism of the mask was. I would argue that the the mask was his inauthentic self, his fake self, and removing the mask and going into the world with his true face, even though it was, you know, probably going to be fixed, uh, was his his symbolic transformation into uh, a quote unquote. Uh, uh, ready to take on society, which to me is ruined by the fact that he fucking committed suicide. So I just, what, I just, if you're gonna focus on a bad decision, how about well, that one? Yes, but the, I mean, you know, it, it how is, about how about well, how about is, that one? <laughs> I mean, I guess it, it is a form of suicide, but in the sense he's still alive because he's he's kept alive in this cryogenic freeze, and they're able to wake him back up. So mm-hmm. I guess he's technically dead, but yeah, he's symbolically dead. Yeah, you're right, Sean. Um, but I did. Can we talk about the the ending at some point? No, I mean, I, I'll go ahead and admit it. I was sitting on my couch with my computer in front of me alone and just tears just rolling down my eyes with that last exchange between him and Sophia. Oh, my God. To me, that is one of the most emotionally devastating scenes in film. And I know, Sean, you don't agree with me, but Jeremiah, you go for it. I'll tell you this much. The ending for this movie saved it for myself. I just wish there was more part of that ending of the theme of the atmosphere with the rest of the movie. It was beautiful. I mean, it was just like, you know what? I know I can never have you. I don't want to have the fake you because you know what? Because that's part of me that I will always keep. So I choose to live my life now. And I fucking, it's the most sad scene. It's almost like inception. Like, you know, you're the shadow that it was just once was, you know? And yeah, it fucking got to me. I was getting confused. I was getting angry, you know, disappointing, but the ending, Man, that mean that ending was fucking the spoke a lot of the time they get in the elevator to the time they get to the rooftop is to me, and I wrote this in my notes, and I I mean it when I say it is the most emotionally, beautifully emotional filmmaking I've ever seen. It it really is, and that to me is why I picked this. I think it even goes it goes it goes it goes back to Kurt Russell. Like I think the last hour for me. It like it, it opened up like for me the first hour it was like I was all over the fucking place and then the last hour it was like you know yeah I was really all over the fucking place it's like what what wait who's is he alive is he dead I just knew like is he in a coma is he fucking is this real is this fake I was all over the fucking place so I was that made me put a bad taste in my mouth like that was a dream of Jeremy um, and even Sean like it was just like pick a fucking lane and just go with it like it it was really confusing but then the last hour. Uh, like Kurt Russell, like was able to open up his eyes and his own conscious of like, like, like what happened? Like, tell me exactly what happened. And then overall, it, he he saw the video in the the jail cell, and he was pounding on the window to bring come back in. And it was this life, you know, the le life, you know, I don't know, cryogenic. And then it just like from there it was just like a a roller coaster of events. Mm-hmm. And then he got into this building. And he's like, I've been here before. I've been here before. It was just like every after that, it just became real opening. And then that last scene though. Was this when the guy talking? I don't know his name, but he's like, yeah. And then uh, David Ames was like, so if you tell me I can have Kurt Russell walk out the door and he walks out, he runs out, and it's hilarious. And Kurt Russell doesn't even know he's fake. It seems like he's like, no, I'm real. Like I was a little bit confused with that because I imagine he would know he's fake. So why does he think he's real? If this is what what are your daughter's names? Oh, it's so fucking good. And Kurt Kurt Russell was absolutely fantastic. He was awesome in this movie. Um, And and I found his probing of what happened. Uh, One of my favorite parts of any movie is when a you've got like this interrogation or you got this questioning and you're going to learn something, right? You're going to learn what he did, how he killed Sophia. I thought the movie was actually going fairly well up until for for like. 
43 minutes is actually when I think the movie took it just a turn for the shit. But 43 minutes, uh, you know, as, you, as you're learning about what happened to Sophia, and then it's like, okay, I killed her. But I didn't really kill Sophia. I killed the, the other Julie Gianni. Sophia, Julie Gianni. But really, she killed herself in the car, and I, I abused her, and that's why Jason Lee's mad at me. It just started spinning and spiraling. And what, what there's, there's spinning and spiraling, and there's gaslighting. I love a movie that gaslights a character to insanity. The game is literally one of the perfect, perfect explanations of this. Have you ever have you seen the game, yeah. guys? Yeah, Eddie? Um, oh, it's yeah. one of David Fincher's like underrated movie, dude. Where they Seriously. fucking they they take Michael Douglas and they give him to you know, turn the gas to eleven and say fuck it go. That's what I was <laughs> expecting, like something like engaging and different, and this just kind of right. like. Like, but it's all within, it's mind. All within his mind. mind. Yes. Yeah. It's, yes. That's what we have to understand is we're well, seeing it all from his that. perspective. I, I, I got I know. it. And I get you. You don't have to so like it. So was Inception, and that was exceptional. He has, he has many layers <laughs> in his head that he's peeling back, and he didn't know, like, oh, shit, I've been covering this all up. And then it just opens up like a it fucking really flower, like, like oh, this is what I've I mean, Shutter Island, Sh- Shutter Island did this beautifully. There's so many great movies that have done this and peeled that onion back. I Dude, just Shrek. don't think this is the best representation. Do you think Shutter Island will happen without this movie? Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, I think Shutter this, Island. I, this is not. This movie is not the first no, movie the first. to do this. I think it. A Harvey Harvey 1941 was one of the first movies. To so do you think this movie failed at what they're trying to do? No, I just don't think it was. I just don't think that they, they executed it particularly it well. Big. I think it's it was a, just kind of too big for yeah. itself, man. I mean, I, I don't even know if they knew what they were trying to do, but I do know for a fact that like within like the last 45 minutes you find out that there's a person here telling him you can stop everything. And then that's when you go, Oh, okay. This is completely in his fucking mind. He's able to stop exactly time. So right there. And then I wish if they're going to bring more of a science fiction element to it, that would have been really cool. At maybe just at the beginning of the movie here, you know, and really kind of just like, cause it just feels like, Oh, by the way, we are going to stop everything. But if you watch this movie over again and over again, Man, there are some hit, there's fucking clues everywhere. It, clues it, it everywhere. literally tells you everything, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's just one of those things that unfortunately See, if you watch it over again, you get an understanding of it. I would have almost rather when 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 they're in the bar scene with uh uh that uh, Noah, I think is the actor's name. I can't Taking the shots when he's taking shots. No, no, no. When he's at the bar the, the and he's and he, he finally confronts yeah. technical mm. tech support. The tech support guy. That to me was like uh, oh shit moment right mm-hmm. and it was followed up by muddle 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 if they would have taken some clarity then a little bit not a ton but given you a little clarity as to where the story was heading at least maybe given you a little slight backstory about not the whole story but part of the story some obi-wan shit from a certain point of view this is what's going on and then you had another oh shit yeah. moment at the end i think it would have to me, the continuity of the movie was like crammed all the science fiction, mind blowing, bending mm-hmm. stuff in the last forty five minutes, and it was so convoluted. Once yeah. again, I had a really hard so time let, following it. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm a I'm a pretty savvy yeah. movie so watcher. My, my my question to you, Sean, and I'm not just trying to defend the movie. I am trying to, but at the same time, I I hear what you're saying. But could we understand that? that mind fuckery, that, that cramming, that, that confusion, that uh, disjointedness, like you called it. Could we call it that 
kind of as a purposeful thing to try to mirror David's mental breaking, right? The confusion that he himself is feeling. Then you have to, right? When he, when he, then you have to have when a payoff. He, well, we get we get that, but we get that in the in the elevator to the the rooftop, right? So you're talking about after the uh, the bar, and he he runs out freaking out, right? Because everything stops, right? If that were to happen to you or to me or to any of us, we would freak the fuck out. We would run and we would try to figure out what's going on, and nothing would make sense, and everything would be disjointed. And I think, and I'm just going out on a limb. I think Cameron Crowe in making this is trying to say. This is what it feels like to be in the mind of, I don't want to call it schizophrenic because it's not what he is, but a, a mind that is breaking is that it doesn't make sense. It's disjointed. I thought he was being set insane by the board to try and get part of the company. Honestly, I would have much rather had that come to a head and him for sure realize that was not the case. You needed something. I like can't. Hitchcock, bud. Uh, yeah, you needed. I needed like I needed to be confronted with like, a perfect example is uh, I think Vertigo, um, uh, where halfway through the movie you're confronted with the fact that the movie you've been watching is not the movie that you've been watching. That's what I wanted. I wanted like, oh fuck, what we've been what we've been actually watching is not what we thought. I got a little bit and of it, that though. Yeah, I, did, yeah, I, I just didn't get enough. I just didn't get enough yeah. of it. And that's just my I'll curse. tell you this much, man. Every time I run into a situation, I'm definitely going to stop and just yell out tech yeah. support, making sure <laughs> it makes you think, though. It may just, just sometimes you ever get in that feeling of like, shh. Time out, tech you support. Get, this world is fucked up right now. What the fuck? Hey, you have, have you ever had a dream that you felt like it was so fucking real? Yes. Like at times, it's like you, and you wake up like, holy shit. Like that felt real. This it made me think of like moments like that. This movie made it, yeah. It was just like you conscious, and then you almost, and then you see that happen in real life. Like yeah. I fucking just dreamed. And, this. And, and I, mean, I fucking dreamed this whole fucking scenario happen, and it fucks with your mind a little bit. Like, is it? Did I make this up in my mind? It made you think about those moments. I, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I, I have this thought all the time that like literally my whole life has been a dream. I'm gonna wake up and I'm five years old in kindergarten. Like, have you ever had that thought? Like, holy shit, this whole this whole thing is just not Matrix style, but like literally, this is just a dream, and I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna see what I could have. Like to me, that is the vibe that I get from this movie, and it's it's one that I, I don't know. At least I've had lots of times that that thought of like, oh man, maybe this is all just a dream, right? That whole um, simulator yeah sim- simulation theory, right? going, yeah. um so i, I don't know <laughs> have you heard about that 2012 theory oh, that we actually all died in 2012, 2012 we all you know was? we all died in 2012 but our like subconscious mind that we've actually lived out to 100 years and shit like that but we technically I mean, we're all you really think gone? that we'd have a happier yeah. happier dream subconscious i've seen a bunch of videos <laughs> of like glitch- i've seen a bunch of movies of like glitches and shows again of glitches. we need to we need to we need to reach out and say tech support to tech fucking support man the fucking tech for the support. world jesus I didn't want them to have an eight to five job, please. Tet support. Yeah. Shit. I think the the situation is, is that it doesn't matter if it's real or not. The moment it's now, he finally makes a decision to actually look away and walk away from whatever that is actually keeping him there. You know, he's finally making a choice of what he needs to do for the first time. And I think that's what he got out of that. The ending and whatnot. Yeah. I'll tell you this much. My score is going to be a little different now because I think it's bullshit. You know, that Tom Cruise is one of the greatest action heroes all the time, but he didn't actually jump off that fucking building like he's done in so many <laughs> movies going impossible. forward after that. That's why. 
<laughs> oh shit. I, I really like, I, I like what Jared says. I think the movie, so I don't think you woke up from a coma. I think it is exactly what you saw. That's how I took the movie away from it. So I, I think that he, uh, to me, it's, it's, I read it at face value. I think that he had this perfect life that uh, whether whatever his reasoning was, whether it was a bad decision or whatever, he couldn't stand who he had become. He didn't. He couldn't stand who he was, and so he reached out for the next best thing, which was this idea of living within your mind. And over the course of 150 years of living within his mind, he realized that he didn't really like living there, and he wanted to have some touch of something real, uh, even if that meant pain and sadness and i think that that was a, it's a beautiful thing that a lot of movies don't uh, don't try to do and that brings us to the inner review now it's time of the podcast where each of the hosts provides a score on the following scale uh tech support eddie can you provide the scale please did you sign the paperwork make sure you sign the paperwork i'm just letting you know every time i call tech support i can never get a hold of fucking nobody so fuck <laughs> yeah that, well you know. did you try turning it off and turning it back on uh, that's what it was god damn it is it plugged in is it plugged in <laughs> um, oh, so Nintendo. zero the perfect movie you don't need shit to enjoy it uh one a phil dirtfuss cocktail two a happy buzz three you're gonna uber or lifting home four rough morning walk to shame five blapped out shit face spring break drunk that you have to restart your life yeah. uh let's go ahead and start with sean wants care. to start sean wants to start sean so uh, I, I look back at movies that I have uh, been critical of in the past on this podcast, and one comes instantly to mind, and that is Fight Club. One of the reasons why I didn't like Fight Club was because I thought the reveal of shooting himself in the face at the end um, to try and get rid of Tyler Durden was it was cheap and, and kind of disgusting and, and impractical and so on and so forth. The, I wish that we would have had something physically – like that in this movie that had that basically separated the old from the new. I thought it was unclear whether many of the characters even existed. Um, the Cameron Diaz character, uh, she popped in. She kind of never interacted with anyone else. Penelope Cruz, you know, you say, oh, there's someone who looks sad with the martini. Well, she said it twice. She said it at the party and then at the bar and, and, the Kirsten Jones was not at the bar. Cameron so Diaz. I would suggest Cameron that, Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Sorry. God dang it. Sorry. I, Charlie's I, don't, I, don't, I know. I'm sorry. I don't think she existed. I think she was an amalgamation of, of kind of the, the, the titular woman uh, to his story. And that, uh, you know, Penelope Cruz was the different woman who he fell in love with. I thought that if they had left it there and started a, a story from there, a love story that was true and pure and wonderful, and and then you had some trippy elements to it, uh, I would have enjoyed the movie a lot more. But instead what we got was kind of a half-assed fallen love story. I, I just – it didn't hit for me. Something didn't hit for me. I don't know what it was, but it, it just wasn't – it wasn't enough of a movie to, to progress a storyline and changing characters that I could, I could forgive it. Um, I'm going to give it a 3.8. I don't think that it was the worst movie I've ever seen, but it certainly, it certainly wasn't great. It was not great. So there, there's my score. I'm sticking okay. to it. Jeremiah, go ahead. All right, guys. I feel like this movie wanted to be a lot of things. It was like, you know, a drama, a comedy, a thriller, all wrapped into a science fiction movie, right? You know, and at times it was confusing. I mean, it's like, you know, 
you don't know what you're watching. And after you see it over again, you're kind of angry with it because this movie has so much fucking potential to do something really different. And I mean, like, if they would have actually used the element of the ending into the whole movie, you would have had something really fucking great. Because I love the idea of it's all in your mind and how to escape, you know, the reality of your mind and everything like that. This is not my favorite Tom Cruise movie. Most of the time he's behind a mask and I just didn't buy it. Uh, his body language. Um, I feel like Cameron Crowe, I don't think he's ever kind of uh, recovered from this movie, unfortunately. And I wish he kind of gets back to, you know, what he was doing back in the you know, late 90s and 2000s. But this movie is something that you should watch. Watch it over again and you'll see a whole completely different movie. And when I say this, is like those are my favorite type of movies. I just wish I would have saw something different here. It's not the worst movie. It's not the greatest movie. I'm just right here. For me, it's a 2.75. That's where I'm at right here, guys. Nice. Eddie, go for it. All right. So uh, I've been on the fence with this movie for all of it, all of the two hours and 15 minutes. I do think uh, this movie, I feel like, I think it is it, uh, who did Inception? Chris uh, Nolan. Uh, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Chris Nolan. Nolan. Well, I feel like there's times of like there's, this movie has impact of the movies that came after it. This was uh, a, Tom Cruise was having the dream within the dream here. Like he, it was a little bit. And when you think about it, it was like the idea of it was really cool. Um, I feel like uh, I do th- th- see uh, he went into a, a big depression and he did, he could never forgive himself of his whole life changed because of a, a poor decision. And that happens with all of us. Uh, there's always decisions that you think like, wow, this could have been completely different if I would have done this. Or, and then you also love your life. It's like, well, I'm happy that I didn't make that decision. Um, it's just like there's all these moments in life. And this talks about the, every moment has a different road that it could lead down to. And this movie kind of, for me, it, it showed me like that uh, a big picture. I do like this movie uh, after watching it. I just, there's moments of it that I was lost. Um, but I agree with Jeremiah. If you could watch this movie again, you'll find a whole different path. You might be think like, oh, he was in a coma the whole time and he woke up afterwards. Like this movie, it, it throws you for a fucking mind fuck a lot of the times. Uh, the way I w- looked at it this time was different than the first two times. Watch it maybe with your uh, your spouse or your significant other or someone that uh, maybe just a, a cool little a date night movie. I feel like it could be a good movie to end up with. It's a date night movie. It's, it's going to get weird. It's like they're really weird. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I do. Uh, so I, I'm going with Jeremiah. I like Jeremiah's store. I was really thinking around this about the same store, 2.275. That's what I think it's about for me. 2.75 or 2.275? No, 2.75. 2.75. Yeah. I tell you this much, Brandon, like I wanted this to be like the four when I was watching this whole movie until the yeah. ending fucking saved it. That makes saved me feel it. good. So listen, the ending I'm was not, beautiful. I'm, I'm not going to go too long. I, I talked enough this last hour, but I love movies that defy summary um, where you have no clue how to describe it. When somebody says, Hey, tell me about this movie. And you're just like, ah, just go fucking watch it. Um, there's another movie that we're going to be. I can describe it. So uh, there's another movie that uh, I I have. You, you, you can tell that I like these types of movies because another movie that we are going to be watching later on this uh, this season, based off of my choice, is like that too. Where I just I don't know how to describe it, so I just say it's better just to watch it and go experience it. This to me is one of those movies, and 
this is a movie. Vanilla Sky is a movie that deals with life. It deals with love. It deals with death. It deals with the bigger philosophical questions and existence and purpose. And I don't think there's a lot of movies out there that really have the balls or the ability to pull off a package, uh, pull that off in a package that also kind of brings you to tears at the end because it makes you realize and feel for what could have been. And I think that's what the whole movie is about is what could have been and what isn't. And that idea of wanting to constantly kick yourself over that, right? It's a movie about how singular moments in our life affect and change everything, whether it's meeting Sophia, whether it's getting in the car, whether it's deciding to wake up at the end, right? It's about these singular moments. And we have, all of us have these moments scattered throughout our lives that we don't realize until after the fact that they are as big and important as they are. Right. And I think that's what a a good movie does is it holds the mirror up to us and says, this is what life is. Don't take it for granted. Um, you know, is it a perfect movie? No, I think it's a fucking great movie. I think it could be near perfect if, if, uh, and my argument is completely different than you guys for clarity. I like the, I like the, the, Disclarity. I like the unclarity. I, I like that. Uh, but what I can't stand is Tom Cruise acting like Tom Cruise, and I can't stand Cameron Diaz to save my goddamn life. Okay, I hate them so much. With the exception <laughs> of, of, with the exception of Tom, Top Gun Maverick, can't stand Tom Cruise in anything, and Cameron Diaz has never done anything that I've ever stood. So for that. There's well, no, the I, I hate I, I like no, the mask. Mask is good, but yeah. So those are two actors that to me ruin this movie. So that is uh, a one drink and a two drinks. So I'm sticking with two drinks because of two bad actors in a movie that could be absolutely. Beautiful. Wait, who? What actors? The main actor, yeah, Tom Cruise. Yeah, you don't like the it, two the movie? That's and 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 uh, Kirsten yeah, Dunst. Dunst wanna be. <laughs> I love Kirsten Dunst too. So. I know. Um, I know. So before, I'm gonna go with the before two. Before we get before we get to wrap it up, <laughs> yeah, Brandon. If you would do this movie over again, what actor would you actually play the lead Christian for Bale. David? Absolutely. Fuck yeah. That guy can play anybody. Oh, so, okay, that I, was easy. Can, can I just oh, say I really this? If, if we're making this movie, this wonderful, poignant movie, over again about uh, find, and making decisions and changing your life and, and having that hard d- decision, um, I would just make La La Land and enjoy it. So that's just – I'm just going to go ahead well, and say that. That's a good call. That's a good call. <laughs> Ryan Gosling, maybe. Sean, Ryan were you at three point eight? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Oh, Sean, just, Sean's pissed now. He sees that point. overall score, and he's like, "That's that's way higher than I wanted it to be." No, it's really not. When we combine the scores and divide by four, and what does Vanilla Sky get an average rating of? It gives us a five. Of so, oh, my, my fault. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> a two point eight two seven. Uh, a two point eight two five. A two point eight two five. Is that right, Brandon? Is that what you, that you is to? that is, and that's on. 2. I think that's the first time we've ever had a two point eight two five. Uh, all right, Jeremiah, where does that put us on the list of movies that we review? Review. <laughs> good score. Brandon's right. This is the first score. What the hell goes with a three point eight? Sean. So this is someone who didn't want to hurt your feelings with a four, Brandon. <laughs> this is actually ranked number forty one oh, on our shit. list. Shit. Well, what, what is it? What is oh, it above? No. Like, what is it better than? You know, what's better Big than Lebowski. what's better? What's better? What's worse? So vanilla is better than three hundred. Absolutely. V for vendetta. The ring to all the boys I loved before. This is forty. And Armageddon, Halloween, oh, Point okay. Break. Okay. Oh, Point Break. We haven't heard that one in a what's, while. Wow. That's I, above. I do think v for uh, vendetta is a than this. Yeah. movie. Why do we? Why Ar- do we go? V for vendetta is so low. Armageddon, Point Break are vastly better. Because we're because oh, we're Armageddon hardcore. is a terrible movie. So what's what's better? Armageddon's horrible. What's better than what's better than? Okay, so what's what's better is Clueless, Scream, Pitch Perfect, Terminator, Rocky, Moulin Rouge. 
All right. No, this is better than than some of those. Just throwing that out there. Nah. Nah. <laughs> I thought nah. Where it's at. Personally, I don't think it's a good spot. All right, Which if you're a viewer or a fan of the podcast, yeah. we ask you, please subscribe wherever you're listening and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, you could uh, also find us on Instagram at the dot gentleman podcast. The dot means a lot. You visit our website, gentlemanpodcast.com. Uh, and if you want to reach out to us, you can do so by email at hosts with an S H O S T S at gentlemanpodcast.com. Jeremiah, what do we have on tap for the next? Uh, what do we, what do we got going for? We know we have, we have one more uh, romance. Well, we've got our favorite bad romance. We only have one more bad romance, and it's going to be my romance film. Ooh. We're wrapping it up, huh? Um, we're wrapping it up. We're still kind of on the fence, you know? I'm not going to tell you folks yet, but you'll find out oh. very soon. I promise you that. Is it? I would really like I would really like you to do just I know I'm not going to give it away but just as as a this is a movie he's been he's been teetering on since uh, season yeah. one it's one of his favorite movies you need to just do it pull the damn have, trigger have a little goosh but let's go do pull it, the pull trigger, the trigger. Bro? let's watch uh-huh. the movie <laughs> the Princess Bride oh. no that's just no, no. <laughs> not a bit clue. Actually, anyway. no, it's going to be uh, when Harry yes. met Sally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, there's commitment. Look at me. Commitment. I love it's it. Not, it. It's not all about scary horror films in my my fucking uh, collection. It's not like sometimes wrong comps. Now, here's what's really going to be disappointing is if I have to go pay for this movie. <laughs> then I'm going to be very disappointed. Well, if we have to pay for this movie, we're going to change the movie, folks. Okay? Because yeah, we're all about like what's on streaming right now. So thank you all for listening. And I hope you're enjoying um the last of us which uh we should be wrapping up here in a couple of weeks and uh we'll catch you uh next uh, next time we are on hey by the way folks listeners during this time when we're recording this episode we have a birthday boy on the podcast mm-hmm. happy, birthday, happy birthday sean, sean. thank you sean are you were you, you 39 40 no, I'm 37. Thank you very much. Yeah, close enough. No, dude, he's 32. He's been 32 yes, for 108 years old, man. Bradley. I Bradley wish that I was Benjamin Button doing the backwards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Thank blank, you, guys. Blank. And uh, cheers. And we'll see you uh, next week. Thanks. Cheers, gentlemen. Now, you know it. what? That was a really good one. That was a good one.